relationships are not equal, they're reciprocal. So if, you know, if I know that I have a partner who's a little bit in greater need of attention um, and I give it, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. This week we flipped the script. Instead of feeling like you're no longer connected, you feel like you're being smothered. Dr. Karen Sherman weighs in. Stay tuned. I know there's a bunch of therapists out there. Did you know that you can get listed on Hitch starting at just $1? To get started, click the Get Featured link in the directory, and within a few quick steps, your website can begin showing up all over hitchedmag.com. Don't wait. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again with the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. So for those tuning in for the first time, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. She is the original because she has been with Hitched since day one when we launched the website. Uh, And she has been on the podcast, I think, probably since day one as well. So uh, it's a very earned title. Um, And today, you know, we spend so much time on Hitched talking about how to bring couples closer together. Uh, But we actually have something that's slightly different than that today. We are actually going to talk about what to do when you feel like your spouse is smothering you, which is completely the opposite of going, falling apart. So um, let's, let's talk about a situation uh, where you actually want some space. Is, is it possible that you can I mean, before we, I guess, answer these questions, Karen, can, is it possible that we can actually smother our own spouse? Can we be oh, too much? Absolutely. And, you know, there are many couples who come in here telling me that that's what they feel by their spouse, that they feel smothered by their spouse. So this is, I'm glad that we're discussing this. Oh, excellent. Okay. So if that's the case, then uh, why would a person smother their spouse? Is it because they just have so much love to give? Do they they need attention? What are some of the background issues that may be causing this situation? Well, my guess would be that they feel that they're not getting attention from their spouse, or it may have something to go back to their own history where they didn't feel like they mattered enough, or they didn't feel important enough. Um, and again, they're looking for their mate to make them, you know, feel significant. So they go after the person and after the person. And in so doing, the mate ends up feeling like they're being smothered. Okay. And I mean, if you, okay, so you're listening to this and you're thinking like, Ooh, I think that might be me. I think I might be the one that's slightly smothering my spouse and I don't want to be that person and I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. So if you if you think you are falling into that situation, how can you begin to create a healthy separation? Well, the easy answer is give them space. But chances are if you are listening and you think, "Ooh, that might be me." probably you're saying something like, well, that's not me. It's just that, you know, I'm not getting anything from my mate. And, you know, um, all I'm doing is asking for a little love or a little attention. Um, But the way you're going to know that you're the 
person who's doing the smothering is because your mate is going to start complaining. You know, you enough space, I need space, enough already, you know, you're so needy, you're so clingy, that's how you're going to know. You're probably not going to recognize it yourself. Yeah. And, and the antidote basically for the person who's doing the smothering is to pull back and to um, give a little bit more space. Um, you know, the other thing, of course, would be to say, you know, I, I, this is what I'm feeling. You're not doing anything wrong, but if you could try to, you know, give me a little bit, you know, when we're having dinner, um, let's make sure that we turn our cell phones off so that we're really just talking to each other, or let's make sure we're not watching TV. Or if you could remember to sort of, you know, text me a couple times during the day, that would really make me feel good. So that that way, um, you say to the person, I'm not blaming you, but this is a need that I have, and it would really help me if you would do these things. So that way, you're asking for what you're need, uh, needing, but you're not, not acting it out. There's something qualitatively different um, in objectively asking for it as opposed to acting it out, which is this, the second is much more um, annoying. Yeah. I, I mean, it makes perfect sense, too, because if you are the person um, who is doing the smothering, it's it's not at the will of of your spouse. They are subjected to that. Right. Um, whereas if you inform them like, you know what, I, I really am feeling a little disconnected. If you could shoot me that text message during lunch just to let me know how your day is going or something along those lines, um, that, you know, we do this so much. We put it in our spouse's court to fulfill that need. Um, so you're not pushing something onto them. You're asking them to make their choices uh, to, f- to fulfill those needs in the relationship. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so what if you are the one who is being smothered? How can you let your spouse know without hurting them that uh, you are feeling smothered and that you need a little space? Well, I think, you know, what often happens is we let things go until it gets to a point where we're really annoyed and then it doesn't come out nicely. So I think the best way to start is to say, look, sweetie, you know, we're just different people. And, you know, I tend to feel, again, you put it on yourself. I tend to feel that um, I, I need a little bit more space than you do. You're not doing anything wrong, but I need a little bit more space. And recently I've been noticing that, um, you know, you've been calling a lot or you've been texting a lot. You know, I'm just so busy during the day that I feel pressured and, and I, you know, I feel like I'm being smothered a little bit. And could you just pull back a little bit, you know, because I don't want to feel like, you know, that pressure or that sense that I'm, I'm not doing right by you. Mm-hmm. Um, so just be, you know, just be more cognizant. Um, that would be one way to approach it. But you see, I feel that you, you know, it's funny because I just wrote a blog that I put up on my site that when you're in a relationship, you have to be accountable to one another. You know, it's great to be in a relationship and think about all the positive uh, aspects of being in a relationship, enjoying each other, sharing things, etc. But one of the parts of being in a relationship is also about being accountable to each other. And in, in the way that I look at things, being accountable also means being aware of each other's mm. needs and sensitivities. So, you know, the example I like to use, and I used it with a couple earlier this morning, 
is if you know that your mate is diabetic, you're not going to bring home an ice cream cake to celebrate their birthday because yeah. they can't have it. You're going to bring home flowers or you're going to bring home, you know, some, a, a nice smelling candle or something. Well, if you know that your mate has from their history abandonment issues or never felt like they mattered to their parents, you knew when you got married, or at least you should know, that there was a sensitivity there. It would make sense that you would take a little extra care to make sure that you let your mate know that they matter mm. by giving them a little extra attention. Because if you do that, then there's not going to be a need for them to come after you so much. Yeah. You know? Can, can some of this be like a timing issue uh, where you can kind of compartmentalize the smothering? So I'm thinking of a situation where somebody comes home from a long day of work and they walk through the door and they immediately feel smothered when – they don't mind the attention, but they haven't had that time to unwind for 10 minutes. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I really like that. I think that um, a lot of people, when they're coming home from work, need to shift gears. Um, sometimes I even advise people that before they walk in the door, they take a few minutes to de-stress in their car, where they visualize and relax and sort of mentally shift gears and then walk in the door. Um especially if you've got kids, because you can't tell kids, you know, don't pounce on mommy or daddy when they walk in because they're kids, you know, they're really excited to see you. Um, but a spouse, you can say, you know, please understand, I've just come in from a really, really busy day. I just need to shift gears. So when I come in, just sort of, you know, give me a little room. Let me go upstairs. Let me change. Let me just sort of, you know, make that transition. And then I can give you attention. So that can be negotiated. That can be worked on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great idea, Steve, to, to do the timing kind of thing. I, I once heard a, a, on a different podcast, and I can't remember which one it was specifically, but um, they, they had this conversation about uh, Europeans and, and old-time culture and uh, where the, the husband would go to work – and uh, specifically in England where there's like a big uh, pub culture, on their way home, they would stop at a pub, have a pint with their friends, and then come home. And I'm not advocating that you – you know, before you walk through the door, you have a drink to you know, cope with your family life. Uh, but there was something built into that um, habit of you leave the office and then there's a gap of you know, 45 minutes of – unwinding time before you step through the door. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think there, you know, I think there's something to that a little bit. Uh, again, not, not advocating that we should all be going back to stopping at a pub on the way home, but like you said, taking a couple minutes in the, in the driveway, in your car or whatnot to just kind of gather your thoughts, reflect whatever it is you need to do to mentally get into that new state of mind, that, that home life state of mind. Um, right. Where you don't where you don't feel overwhelmed as soon as you walk through the door with all the the home life responsibilities that are going to be thrust upon you. Yes, yes, I I think it really serves each person 
uh, and the family well if, if you would do that. But, you know, if you don't get used to doing that, the other thing that can be negotiated is that you say to your spouse, look, I, I just need a little time to unwind and, and, you know, and then I'll be more available to you. So, you know, having that time or again, speaking in time frame, you know, you can set aside time where, okay, this is going to be our time. And, and during that time, this goes back almost to a variation of date night where this is our time and make sure that it's truly about the two of you and and therefore that's when the attention and the love you know comes through so that the person who is the more needy who's been doing the smothering knows okay you know this is the time where i'm going to get my attention and and won't feel deprived i think that that smothering is um a byproduct of feeling like it just never happens it never happens it never happens mm. Um, so you can use time in that uh, sense as well, setting time aside where you're going to really be invested in each other. Yeah. No, you know what? That's a really great point because you're right because we get so busy with so many things. Uh, it would be easy to you know, have a couple weeks, couple months, couple years go by where you yeah. feel like you don't have any time at all with your spouse. So something in you just switches and you start smothering them because you need that time because, you know, presumably that's why you got married in the first place because you really like this person and wanted to hang out with them a lot. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So saying all this, how – I guess how would you know if you have – and and well, I I bring I come at this question from the point of there was a smothering problem. So with that in mind, how would you know if you have found that right balance? Well, I guess that each partner feels like uh, they're that they're okay. That um, you know you feel like my needs are being met. That um, we're happy. That um, we're each feeling loved. We're each feeling like we're mattering to each other. You know, it, it's a dance that couples do with each other. Um, do you think? Do you think there needs to? I mean, w would it be okay if there's some sort of concession on a spouse's part? Like you, you recognize, oh, my spouse uh, definitely feels like they're not getting enough attention. So even though it's a bit much for me, I'm going to give it to them. Oh, sure. I mean, why, why not? You know, um, relationships are not equal. They're reciprocal. So if, you know, if I know that I have a partner who's a little bit in greater need of attention, um, and I give it, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Um, the only time it becomes a problem is if I start to become resentful about it and I feel like it's too much for me. It's too much of a burden. Yeah. It's, it's not a problem. You know, and then I feel like, um, but what I get back is that um, I need somebody who's going to just run chores for me like crazy and be efficient and be organized. And my spouse does all that for me and it works, you know. So, again, as long as each one feels that they're getting their needs met, then, then the relationship is working. Um, the other point I want to make is um, in, in this concept of dance that I was talking yeah. about, you know, um, when the person is smothering, and, and because we're not visual, we're just auditory here in our podcast, I'll, I'll try to do the best I can. Imagine that, let's say, your left hand is the person who 
uh, is being smothered and the right hand is the person who's going after the person. So the right hand keeps coming after the left hand, mm -hmm. which forces the left hand to pull away, pull away, pull away. And so what happens is that the right hand keeps going after the left hand and that creates the smothering. So now there's two ways that we can get that to stop. Either the right hand, the person who's been smothering, can pull back and give space, or the left hand, the person who's been feeling smothered, could up their game a little bit, be more attentive, be more loving, show a little bit more attention, because if they do that, then the need isn't there as much. The right hand, the person who's been smothering, will pull back a little bit. You see, because they're continuing to do this dance together. So there's part of what will create your balance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like just finding the right amount of like on a, um, uh, a radio, you know, the bass and the treble. Yeah. By bringing one up and bringing the other down and finding just that perfect balance. Well, the same thing goes here. You can have one person pull back. And then the other person will probably be coming forward a little bit more. Or if the other person comes forward a little bit more, then the other person will relax a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I hope mean, that was clear. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I, I, it's funny because we, and I, 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 re, I feel like I repeat this a lot. We make things so much more difficult than they need to be. Um, and when, if you aren't feeling like you're getting the attention and a lot of this is like self-reflection, like you have to recognize these things, uh, in yourself that you're doing this. Um, but if you don't feel like you're getting the attention you need, just ask, you know, let your spouse know. And if you feel like you're getting smothered, just ask, or as you said, um, you, and, and it doesn't bother you to give that attention, just give it what, what's wrong with that. And, and that concept that marriage isn't equal, it's reciprocal, um, really, I feel like it um, It opens up the relationship to a whole bunch of more new, uh, a, a, a gigantic amount of possibilities that you may have cut yourself off from because you had it in your head that everything had to be equal. If I put in do this, they have to do that. But it, the concept of it just being reciprocal, are you getting what you need out of it? Mm -hmm. is is so much more liberating i think yes yes uh the other way i think it sort of promotes the concept of keeping a scorecard and gosh you don't want to do that <laughs> no 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 yeah exactly exactly uh and and that i mean yeah that that by itself could build resentment if you're keeping tabs on all that stuff right um well this was this was a uh, fantastic karen um I think we did a – we can wrap this one up, put another one in the books. Okay. Uh, so I want to thank you so much for your time, and um, I want to remind everybody that uh, they have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who, again, is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. Uh, she is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic. Find it, keep it, and make it last. She has uh, her own radio show uh, called Your Empowered Relationship on the Sex Talk Radio Network. She has a program out uh, called From Fight to Foreplay, and you can get more information on that at fromfighttoforeplay.com. But that really is uh, 
a really cool service that Karen offers that will uh, do what the title says, uh, move things from those argument phases to a more intimate, closer relationship. So check that out. Uh, you can get all this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can find it on our website, itchmag.com. And as I have recently mentioned, we are going to try to start something a little bit new here. Um, ask Hitch, hashtag Ask Hitch uh, on Twitter, uh, where you can ask us questions and we will then try to answer them. And, you know, we're experimenting, so um, we might just answer you right there on Twitter. We might answer them on the podcast. We might find something else to do with these uh, questions, depending on how many we get and how involved the response might be. So uh, let's get this going. Ask Hitch, hashtag Ask Hitch on uh, Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Hitch Media. Um, you can always just at reply, but uh, you know the hashtag makes it a little easier to follow. Um, and uh, yeah, we, you can also follow us on all the other social networks, um, and of course on our main website, which I mentioned earlier, HitchMag.com. Uh, but for now, that will do it. So uh, one last time, thank you, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Take care, everybody. The world tonight.